1: To really
0: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Hope you're doing well. Joining us from up there in the beautiful town of Newcastle, it is Jackson, a.k.a. Brickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, man? I'm tired, man. (laughs) I'm tired, but I'm alright. Thank you. I feel ya. Also joining us, as he always does, he's literally always here, (laughs) from across the Tasman there in New Zealand, Joe, a.k.a. No Scroats McFly. Uh, Joe, how's things?
1: Uh, Not too bad. I feel like we're all in a little bit of a need of the All-Star break, though. Does it feel mm, a bit that way? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Got some fatigue, sure, especially after today, which we'll get into in just a moment. Coming up on the show, we'll talk a little Celtics Rockets and some of the reactions to the game and the newish Rockets play style, and and how I guess like Celtics Reddit and fans around there are reacting to that. Um, and if there's time, we'll take a look at some of the top posts from Celtics Reddit this past week. But first. The Battle of the Stons, I'm calling it. Boston versus Houston, 105 to 116. The Celtics went down in Houston today. A bloody dreadful affair, really. Guys, let's attack it from this angle first. There was a lot of anti-Rockets discourse coming from Twitter and the Reddit game thread during the course of the game and a lot more after the game. For example, Reddit user Nefira writes, The Astros cheated to win a championship and they might not even be the most hateable team in their own city. Um, How do you guys feel about this newly um, reformed Rockets team, their play style, a little controversial, and, um, and within the scope of the Celtics game, how our guys went up against them today?
2: I have a sprawling soccer analogy for the both of you. Are you are you interested to hear about it? <laughs> so
0: so ready for this. I'll I want keep soccer.
2: I'll keep it brief. So there's a there's this tactic in soccer called parking the bus, and it's when you set up to uh-huh. just get a draw. You just put all your players behind the ball. It's completely unexpensive, completely boring, and horrible to watch. Especially if the team gets a goal first, they just sit back and they choke the game out. It's everything that's wrong with soccer and everything that people can't stand about it. <laughs> and teams do it all the time, and it works a lot. Not a lot. It works sometimes. It depends how what team employs it. Anyway, I feel I get that vibe from the Rockets watching them. And I know it's a little bit of a sore loserish thing because we, we lost to them. And at the end of the day, you know, if it gets your results, it gets your results. But I'm just very thankful to be a Celtics fan and not a Houston fan because, look, I, yeah, I, I couldn't sit through that. I don't think it's going to be like that all the time. But, man, it was it was dreadful to watch,
1: hey. Hmm. Well, my my take on this, and I, I, I don't think this is, this isn't intended to be a hot take. But I feel like it's really approximately the same experience that has always been watching Houston. It's just with slightly smaller people on the floor. And um, I've never liked Houston because I really dislike James Harden. And the reason I dislike James Harden is because, just to to watch him play, and and the reason why I feel like the Doncic comparisons aren't that apt is Harden spends so much time just dribbling between his legs. Mm. It's just really boring to watch. Whereas Luca's always moving north-south. There's always something happening. There's some action there. Whereas Harden just kind of... He just kind of sh- dribbles and dribbles and then shoots it. Yeah. You know, It doesn't feel like he... It's all bad. It doesn't really ever feel like he beat his defender. Mm. It just feels like he's just really good at shooting, <laughs> you know? Old-fashioned, no um, old passion. Yeah, and his shot doesn't look pretty. Like, it's just... It's kind of... I don't know man it, it doesn't um, something about the shape of it like curry, curry in clay they just shoot a beautiful ball yeah. something very workman like about watching the ball go through the hoop <laughs> mm. with hard but other than that like I kind of give them credit to, like I've got a soft spot for I guess people who are so committed to an ideology <laughs> Moribull in um, this case mm. yeah able, I like I, I, have a, I have a soft spot for, for that kind of way of going about Or that way of seeing the world, so um, so good luck to them. But um, yeah, Um, for me it doesn't like I've never liked watching them in the Harden era, and it doesn't really change it. If if anything, it actually makes it more interesting to me because it's so unprecedented, just Mm -hmm. what they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the Rockets Lakers game was the first Rockets game, admittedly, that I'd watched all season, just because I was intrigued by the the new lineup and the absence of a of a you know a proper center, uh, for lack of a better term. Reddit user Hale Kyrie writes, 41 free throw attempts. Each word punctuated with a, a period. Uh, the, the league needs to stop rewarding this kind of shit. The worst Rockets play is the one where they pump fake and jump two feet toward the defender going straight up. There did seem to be a lot of that, particularly from James Harden. I don't know if it's necessarily unique to James Harden in the NBA in 2020, but he does seem to go to that move quite a lot there are a lot of comments from Marcus Smart I don't know if you guys have sorted out our wonderful subreddit by slash new in any time in the last like half an hour or so but it's peppered with Marcus Smart quotes one of them is this was posted by uh, user Bailey Bailey May I guess uh Quote from Marcus Smart: The way the game is being called, we didn't know how to, how physical we could be because when we were physical, we were being called. So it kind of made us hesitant and put us on our heels. Anytime you're fearful of fouling, that's kind of what happened. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're a member of Celtics Reddit. Go on and, re- and read the rest of those quotes. Um, the point being is that Marcus Smart was very, um, very passionate about hi- about his um, thoughts, in that this game was called unfairly. Obviously, I would follow a lot of Celtics fans on Twitter, and not a lot of Rockets fans. So that was that was sort of the dialogue um, throughout the game. Did you guys feel that way at all? Did you guys feel like we got I like got a bad whistle throughout the game?
1: Um, they- honestly, no. Wait, like, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, and and this probably just comes back to you know you, the way you learn the game does have a big impact on it. But I was always taught when I was when I was learning to play the game, when you leave your feet as a defender. You kind of lose all rights, like that's you know if you if you get in the air and you know and you just happen to get and, and the shooter goes into you that's your fault for being stupid and jumping before the ball you know mm. before the um, before you knew that the shooter was going up for the shot. So if we had done those exact same moves, I guarantee we'd have gotten those whistles, but we didn't. So I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to side with Smart here. There were a couple of calls that were tough. Like, I thought the Kemba one where he yeah. felt Covington, that was really tough. Um, that probably didn't deserve it. But a lot of them really did. Like, Tatum Tatum on Westbrook, there's a really important one there. Um, just, like, man, like, just don't, like, don't jump. you are going to jump. Jumps contest from the side, like it's just the, that's just the rules,
2: yeah. you know. Uh, there was yeah. I just want to make a quick correction to that post. It was actually forty-two free throws that uh, Houston had, not uh, forty-one. But it remind, that was a, it was a curious number because I, I I thought when was the last time we had forty-one free throws? It was actually ten days ago against Philly um, that we won. Now obviously that came in a, in a much different fashion, and it's not our style, so to speak. But um, you know, it, it's 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 not like you're gonna complain if you're gonna get forty-one free throws and like make thirty-eight of them and win the game. You know what I mean? So, and I think I don't think the the Houston can like you know airbend the refs to like their you know to their will you know consistently and certainly not throughout a playoff series um, against other teams. So, like I I think that can only get them so far. Um, But look again, it's a style that they're committing to. They're going to die on that hill. And and like Joe said, that's a little bit admirable. But um, uh, as far as like a bad whistle is concerned, I didn't really feel like it was that lopsided. To be perfectly honest, like one of the endearing images of this game was Mike D'Antoni yelling at the refs like, all the time as well, too. And, it, like, yeah, a lot of that's sort of just, you know, p- put pressure on them and whatnot. But, like, Harden had five fouls. Covington had five fouls. You know, we could have taken advantage of that, really, in the fourth quarter Sorry. if we want to get
1: serious about it. But... um, It was the third quarter where we didn't take enough advantage of yep. it. That was yep. That was such a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, and we got into... Maybe this is what you're referring to, Joe, but we got into the bonus with, like, seven minutes and 40 seconds to go. And then I think mm. throughout the rest of the quarter, we only got to the line once... Uh, obviously, a double-pronged effect there, and that we're not and drawing additional fouls in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the third,
1: similar, yeah. similar story in the, in the fourth as well. But um, not too bad though, because Tatum. Well, it felt like we were going to the hoop. I mean, we were getting a lot of free throws in the in the fourth quarter. You know, Tatum felt like he had three straight trips. Yeah. He got to the line, and there which was, that- was good
0: development totally yeah and there was that possession where we were talking about it as the game went on where i think we we drew three fouls on the rockets in in one Mm. possession um two of them by hayward who had probably the i I would say the most standout performance i want to get to tatum in a little bit um he had 11 points hayward in the third quarter um a lot of that just due to him driving to the to the hoop and, and getting some of those much needed paint touches that we maybe didn't um start the game doing at least or um do as as often throughout the game as we probably should have to to be successful um thoughts on gordon hayward guys because he he really is starting to string together quite a few decent games now
2: i was thinking to myself earlier today like when was the last time gordon hayward was out and when was the last time we put in a shitty performance and I had to think about it, you know, I think that's, that's definitely says something. So, um, uh, it was good to see him like, at least, you know, continue that, that, that run, so to speak. It wasn't the, the, the greatest night for him, but, um, you know, he still stood out as, as far as I, I was concerned, uh, particularly in the third quarter, you know, too, that could have been get, that's where we, the game was basically lost. It's been our motto all season, right boys. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, I think that it could have gotten a lot uglier if it wasn't for um, his efforts in the third, but, um, so yeah, I was, I was pleased hey, with his performance.
1: And- and this one really did feel like it was one of totally. the rockets in the third. That's when they really did stamp their authority on the game. Mm. Um, I, yeah, for for me, look, I, I'm not knocking Hayward's performance at all. It just it just didn't jump out to me as a difference making performance. And um, that's not necessarily Hayward's fault at all. It just what ailed the Celtics to, to me tonight. It wasn't a, a failure of, of individuals. So, like for me, it's too hard to get too excited about any of the individual successes. You know, even though Hayward was good, and he and had some really nice drives, and um, and and his stat line looked nice. It didn't, to me, it just didn't feel watching the game like Hayward was having that massive an impact on it. Just for me personally, I felt like I just honestly felt like that game was not that close. Um, it really felt like Houston just completely dictated what was happening in that game all the way through. Um, and so I know this is sort of taken a bit off topic there, but but for me, H- H- Hayward's performance was fine. I'm not knocking it, but it just wasn't... Um, for me, it just wasn't anything to get upset about or to, um, or to really write home about either. Mm. I,
0: I guess maybe you could say safely about Haywood that he played his role more adequately than the other big four guys or smart included in that like Hayward has kind of uh, accepted the role of the fourth man and and kind of receding back into that that backup role and allowing Kemba and Tatum and Jalen Brown to be more of a force offensively and what was missing there in Hayward having a good Hayward game is that we didn't get a good Kemba game and a good Jalen game and a good Tatum game unfortunately but at least Hayward brought consistency you know from the the recent sample size from what he's delivered i suppose um talking about Tatum though did you guys feel like and i know there's not a lot to be excited about from this game from the Celtics perspective did you feel like this was a borderline bad All-Star game in that when All-Stars true All-Stars have a bad game they, they still actually have quite an impact on the on the game overall did you feel like that at all from Tatum despite the bad shooting night
1: for sure, mm. um, I think this was to me. This is a real silver. Like this wasn't a bad loss. You know, it was a good win for Houston. It wasn't a bad loss for us. And so there are some positives. I think the fact that he got to the free throw line so many times on night where hit where a shot wasn't working is a sign of maturity. And he really was impactful defensively. Um, there were a lot of like a lot of turnovers that he forced. Um, so yeah, I think I think Tatum had an, just an okay game, and but I clearly lost confidence in his shot. Yeah, yeah, he did, he didn't have
2: like that one stretch or that one run at any point in the game, not from memory anyway, um, that he seemed to have had, you know, in the third quarter against OKC and, and uh, at, a, at a definitely a point in, in the um, the previous games too. And that was like, a, basically would have been the difference-making performance, um, really. And that's his, been his role the past few games and on this run that we've been on. So um, while it was lacking on, on that end and it, it, it was, you know, frustrating to see him not, you know, do what he had been doing before, the point about um free throws getting to the free throw line. I think he only hit five of nine or thereabouts, but um particularly in the fourth quarter we was we were going like, you know, you know, trip to the free throw line, trip to the free throw line with them and um, Tatum was dictating that, well uh, was forcing that um that issue mostly. And he was like particularly when he was going hardened and getting you know, racking up the fouls on him too. I thought, like, sweet, this is gonna this is gonna be a difference maker, but it just it just didn't eventuate.
0: Yeah, and and four steals, he certainly was forcing a lot of turnovers, 0 of 7 from 3, unfortunately, but um, the silver lining there is he only put up 15 shots, which is like quite a lot less than what he puts up on average per game, and it's almost like he realized that it wasn't really his night and, and started to defer a little bit and not force the issue, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there were certainly many instances throughout the game where he, he, he stamped his, his mark on the game or had an impact on the game without doing the typical... Tatum with flair stuff, the all-star Tatum stuff that we've gotten used to, the the sidestep and step-back threes and things like that but that'll come back, that'll come back
1: Yeah, that that would have made the difference on a night where we are playing, where we just kind of, we didn't really have them figured out like offensively, we were just so out of rhythm, it just felt like we were never getting any separation in our screens but look, if Tatum drops two of, you know, seven threes then all of a sudden we're up five or up four, you know um with five minutes to go instead of down two and, mm-hmm. and the game just has a totally different complexion.
0: Yeah, I did feel like he struggled quite a lot with the small ball switchable defense. Like there wasn't really a mismatch that he could hunt and and attack in this game and mm-hmm. um, that's probably something um, that the entire league will have to adjust to when it comes to matching up against the Rockets because there isn't a positional a positional rather mismatch that that, that can be hunted down um maybe with the exception of Harden you're going to come up against a pretty decent defender um, across all five men on the court if that makes sense I definitely felt like Tatum struggled with that and he struggled with his handle and to get the ball on the floor and get to his spots because um, unfortunately in this case it was the Rockets who were handsy in the paint and not the Celtics and uh, we really struggled as a result
2: mm. a lot of turnovers too which is uncharacteristic but you know it's going to happen in the game. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely too much canter as well was a note that i made oh, uh, I didn't or five play minutes it. of him yeah. yeah i was gonna say he didn't play a lot of minutes yeah. um he played eight minutes and nine seconds and that was probably about eight minutes too long bring him in for a situational rebound late in the clock but um i just i, I guess in theory i like the idea of like okay they don't have a center pj tucker is their center defensively canter typically has had some success posting up Actual centers, so in theory he could post up PJ Tucker. Um but credit to PJ Tucker. He defended him well, he pulled the chair on him once or twice and um generally put up a a good challenge there to Cantor and just ugly all around from Cantor, I thought, like turnovers and um immediately just a, a net negative on the court whenever we saw him. Do you have anything good to say about Cantor? No. No, not, not. <laughs> <Silence>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, What else we got here? The Smart versus Westbrook battle was good. It sort of definitely, unfortunately, I hate to say, tipped in the favor of Westbrook towards the end. I think maybe the very obvious elbow to the head that was not called was the turning point. And then at that point, Westbrook just seemed to have something over Smart. Smart had um, a very good sort of block grab the ball attempt earlier in the game where it looked clean on Westbrook, but... um, that was called a foul, unfortunately, and despite the the challenge and the hustle that that Smart brought to Westbrook, he just couldn't really seem to get on top of him like he has previously against guys like Harden. Um, but it was exciting, right? Am I am I wrong? Like that was um, kind of one of the more positive elements of the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I'm doing Like I think I think Westbrook's probably having like one of his best stretches in in a, in a long, long time. So um, you know, you were coming up against you know the peak of his power, so to speak, but, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, it's just, it's just never fun when, you know, you see you guys, you know, um, you know, best bested on the court. So, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I thought smart, both smart and Brown seemed to be like a little, they seem to be a little emotional. Um, uh, and obviously there was that thing at the end, but both of them didn't play very well or both of them had decision-making issues. And, um, I, I think, um, you know the way you beat the Rockets to me is almost you get into their heads a little bit and you start making them second guess. You know, eventually the three stop dropping when their confidence sort of drops a little bit. But the same is kind of true with us. You know, when we lose our, when we sort of lose our confidence that we're going to get a stop, it seems that that's that's when we feel uh, sort of panicked. Hmm. No, I agree with that.
0: User lightningfast31 writes: I would rather watch 82 Knicks games than watch another Rockets game. One moment of the game that was quite promising for us is Kemba gets a technical foul towards the end of the second quarter, rightfully complaining about a lack of foul calls for the Celtics. Uh, I think it was the same ref from when he got ejected in a game earlier in the season. And it was after the terrifying collision, clothesline liney thing with with PJ Tucker. Um, and then we go on an 8-0 run after that Kemba attack. And we saw, in my opinion, the first instance ever of angry Kemba I thought where he was suddenly bringing this energy which we lacked all game prior to that point and it unfortunately dropped off in the second half but there was a moment there where it kind of looked like that moment had forced some life into the guys and we're going to come away with it I think um, of of all my notes I suppose that is um, maybe the most exciting moment of the game
2: yeah early on it felt like if anyone was going to get us through this it was going to be Kemba or not get us through this but like was going to be the one to take over It felt like it was that was on the cards but yeah never really eventuated but um now you're right about like you know showing a bit of fire and whatnot maybe like smarts rubbing off on him you know that would be that would be great if we get like a hybrid of those two in some capacity but um yeah no he's um it was a shame he couldn't follow through with it but um nah, promising signs which obviously more more of that fire
0: yeah well on that Joe like you have said you have been known to say in our group chat in the past when we're up against teams that we're sure to lose against like uh, the Bucks for example I just want to see some heart I just want to see some ticker I think you've said did Did you think that we at least saw that in this
1: game yeah I did like we, we didn't have it going tonight like we were we were I felt like I felt like this if any game I've seen I really felt like this was a Brad Stevens loss and not to you know blame the coach but we just weren't prepared for what they were doing defensively at all um and um but we kept it close like it, I don't know the score line i don't think they they got it out to around 15 at one point towards the end but it wasn't really that sort of a game you know how when you're watching a your game and you're like you see the lead it might get up to 15 but you're like this is really a 10 point lead you know it's sort of what it sort of centers around mm-hmm. what the lead kind of hovers about i mean this was a this was a this was a 5 point game all the way the Rockets just felt like they had five points on us most of the time. And that's right. fine. You know, like, it's the end of a road trip. That's why the, the you know, that win against Oklahoma City was really important because um, we needed to come out of, you know, come away with some points from our trip. Mm, sure. Um, I'm fine with this game, big picture. Um, small picture, I. I just, one of the comments I made during the thing is, I was, sorry, and I, I know I'm getting a bit off topic here now, Ben, um, having established that. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> you have established it. Yes, I feel like the Celtics have established it. it did show ticker One thing that I, you know, I've, I was like looking for. I was, I was like, I want to see some solid contact on some screens. And if you, to me, this is just me thinking back to my basic level basketball. But okay, if they're switching, um, then you should be able to get a seal on the guy that you just set a screen on. You know, so get a seal on him and cut to the hoop. And there just wasn't any of that. Um, I saw Hayward. I remember Hayward hitting Tice on a roll once, or well, maybe it was the other way around. Um, it was definitely some <laughs> white boy action. Um, <laughs> some white on white, <laughs> some white on white crime. Um, <laughs> but but I just I thought that was the adjustment, and I I just didn't really see it. It was like all the screens were soft. And it felt like Houston's shell never got broken. If yeah. we talk about the defensive shell, I imagine we know what we're talking about. And you know, even if we scored it, it really never felt like we were compromising them that much.
0: Yeah, kind of one of those games, I guess. Just one of those those stinkers. You put them up sometimes, it happens, unless you're the Toronto Raptors, in which case you just keep them fucking winning, which sucks a lot. But uh, (laughs) that's for a a podcast in the future sometime. Um, I I guess a good way to wrap up the the talk of the game today is with the most controversial comment from the post-game thread by user is overrated, who says, We got outplayed tonight. Refs are not a valid excuse. Games like this happen. Just learn from it and move on. And then he writes an edit later on. Uh, bring on the downvotes. I don't care. You guys just admit we didn't play well, which I, I think is fair. Surprise that that's a controversial comment.
2: Fair. It's like that's pretty, controversial. Pretty vanilla. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we didn't play well, but we didn't throw in the towel. We competed. We just we were just a little. Yeah, I just felt like tactically we didn't we weren't ready. Hmm. Um,
2: yeah. I suspect that guy's being downvoted for his username rather than his opinion. Uh, in just a Celtics uh,
0: sub, yeah. Um, I suppose. I mean, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. We're
2: objectable yeah, abj- me- fair folk, aren't
0: we? You're in Celtic lands? Of course, we're all very level-headed on yeah, Celtic's no. Reddit. <laughs> a couple of more points to get to very quickly before we wrap this one up. And we are going to wrap it up soon, uh, in case you haven't noticed. The energy is low, obviously. Very, very frustrating game. Tough tough watch today, I think, against the, the Rockets on the road there. Uh, Jalen Brown, who was in his own head for a lot of the game today. He had a very unfortunate stretch of... Um, uh, fuckery, for lack of a better term, where he <laughs> continued to turn the ball over and make sort of boneheaded plays, which, um, you know, Jalen Brown is basically a scholar as far as NBA personnel goes. Um, so to see him have these moments where he gets in his in his head is, um, is unsettling. But it's the injury that I want to talk about because there was a lot of discourse after the game about should the Celtics medical staff, should they have allowed Jalen Brown to play in this game because of the ankle injuries and he he copped what they're calling a calf contusion towards the end of the game and the immediate reaction was that brad and the medical staff don't know what they're doing do you guys think there's any weight to that do you think that anyone on twitter on reddit has a right to to comment on the expertise and the professionalism of brad stevens and the medical staff Do, do
1: you think that there's any merit to that at all Well, do they have the right to comment Is a different question To are they correct (laughs) Sure
0: Okay But do they have Yeah okay But you know what I'm talking about right Like Of course they have the right to comment But um, Like Is there any weight to, To their opinions In this case The majority opinion being That they shouldn't have let him play
2: well, you know, this is, this is one of those hindsight, you know, things like straight off the bat, you know, your logical head says, no, of course not. You don't have the, you don't see the player of every single day in medical records and coaching, et cetera, et cetera. What did the player want? It goes on and on. And the other half is, you know, out of the millions and millions and millions of people who occupy the hive mind of social media, someone might be right. Someone could have very well been like, no, I I can see that's a grade two ankle fucking whatever. The way he's moving, he shouldn't be out there. You know, that could very be possible too. But like at the end of the day, like he, I think probably the pre-existing injury that everyone seemed to have have an inkling of that was reported on. um, I wouldn't be surprised if that correlated, you know, with his performance overall, um, you know, uh, particularly after that dunk, I think we took the lead in the fourth quarter. Um and he just came back wincing, like, real bad. I think it was towards the end of the third, actually. But, um, uh, yeah, from there on in, it's just, like, he didn't... Yeah, I don't know. It was a combination of a lot of things, because, yeah, he made some stupid plays, too, like a lot of, like, unnecessary fouls that then you know, got us in a lot of trouble. And um, uh, as far as, like, the, the original point's concerned, is does it hold any weight? Not really, but, I mean, shit, in hindsight now, yeah, it probably would have been better to, you know, not play him as many minutes or just sit him all together.
1: Yeah, I mean... To me, the people who's who who has an interest in Jalen Brown's long term health, right? It's Jalen Brown and the Celtics medical staff, and they're and closest to it, and that that's the decision <laughs> that they made. And, and us, <laughs> well, the people closest to the decision who have the best information, and like, I'm positive that Jalen Brown's under no obligation to play. Like, how many games has everybody set out so yeah, far? Sure, you know, like there's there's just no that that I don't think that's the culture in the team. Um, he chose to play. That the medical staff said you're fine. I, I think I'm happy to trust their judgment. With a lot of this stuff, eh? It comes down to, you know, do I have a strong enough opinion about these matters to 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 say <laughs> I to say it's a that slow I know news enough day, about you know. <laughs> this to, to distrust to distrust the judgment of the of our of of you know of the people who are close to the situation. And in this case, I I, I I'm happy to defer.
0: Yeah, so Celtics Reddit user, and sorry, I should have used this up the top, but Cardinal Yams writes, WTF was our medical staff doing letting letting Jalen Brown play in this game? The reason I brought it up is I just, um, I guess I personally have some issue with people assuming they know better than our very well-trained, very professional NBA medical staff and then you add in like you said the fact that he would have had no obligation to play the fact that he would have wanted to play and had clearance and then what the hell does Brad Stevens have to do with any of that he's just the coach right he gets told whether or not players are available to play and that's that's kind of it so to me I feel like there's a misunderstanding there perhaps I'm a little too protective of Brad Stevens and of the medical staff and of anyone involved in the Celtics organization but um it just uh, gets my goat, man. What can I say? I just don't don't like people calling those guys out when they're not necessarily properly informed. That's all. Yeah. No offense to Cardinal Yams. He'll <laughs> probably sure a nice for guy or girl. He'll probably
2: play versus the Clippers and be great. You know, because <laughs> every chance he does. It could be totally nothing. It could have just been, ow, my, my ankle sore, some ice, it's better. You know, it could be that.
1: Yeah, and just, just to give a um, sort of a counter example, though, like, I'm very happy to weigh on on my opinions about you know who the Celtics draft and who they trade for and who they sign in free agency, so um, <laughs> so, and and I'm not closest to that situation, right? So part of being a fan is having an opinion, um, but yeah, in this case, I'm not I'm not too invested.
0: No, I agree. I think that's a very diplomatic and and level headed point there, Joe. Um, Kendrick Perkins did some of the commentary today with Mike and Scal. And unfortunately there was a huge audio delay with the
1: Celtics oh, the first half. Yeah.
0: yeah uh, I didn't cut over in the end. I just gave up, but yeah, huge audio delay and it was un- unwatchable, unlistenable, but wind it back. And I-, I found this on Instagram after the game Here's a quote from Kendrick Perkins during the game. Kyrie Irving didn't want to play for this franchise. Every time I think of that guy, I want to throw up. Uh, This is set on, you know, not national television, but to a a large audience. Um, I guess it's no surprise that Kendrick Perkins would speak his mind, but I think a lot of people feel like we've moved on from the Kyrie Irving situation and yet, like, out this comes. What were your initial reactions to to hearing this quote from, from Perk? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like, yeah. It's on point. Of course, it's,
2: of course, of course, it's petty. And like, honestly, the the amount of uh, like mental space that Kyrie Irving op- occupies in my mind like today is like almost naught To be honest, and it was so much last year, and I and I hated it. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of over it. But man, if we're gonna give him a little jab while he's down, I don't, not, not, not down, not to mean like while he's injured or anything, but just give him a jab. You know, for, why not? You know, he he
1: sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's very annoying. I agree. Yeah. Co sign. Yeah, look, it's a slow news day if you're listening. There's really not a lot to talk about. The Celtics lost a, a very, very frustrating game to the Rockets. And Kendrick Perkins talks some shit about Kyrie Irving on TV. That's pretty much it. We were <laughs> going to talk about the trade deadline, but nothing happened. No surprise there. Danny Ainge stood pat. Trader Danny stood pat again. I'm not sure what we should call him at this point. Um, But look, that's about it. If you've made it this far, if you're even dialing into any Celtics podcast after the the dreary nonsense that was the game today, then good for you. Thanks for tuning in. All right, I think that's going to do it for this one. Very quickly before we go, if you like what you're hearing go and do all of those lovely things and like and subscribe the podcast and rate the podcast and leave a comment and do all of those wonderful things it really does bring some extra joy into our lives especially after a brutal loss to the rockets like today also big thanks to celtics redditor and all-around nice guy coley motion for designing our new logo Uh, you can find him on twitter as well at coley motion he's a very talented dude joe jackson you guys got any plans for the all-star weekend (laughs) (laughs) else yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> particularly um no because, yeah. i I've,
2: i always will watch um duncan three-point contest um but uh i just don't get that up for it anymore i'm sure i hope yeah. tatum has a has a good like like moment or two in the game camber as well obviously but um i feel like it's more everyone's really keen to see like tatum pull out something cool so if we can see that it'll
0: be it'll be great all right cool thanks guys love your work we'll be back in a week or so until then go celtics peace